the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. As listeners of this show will undoubtedly know, one of the most exciting developments in the basic income space is the coming basic income trial in Stockton, California next year. There's been some recent announcements that tell us a little bit more about how that trial is going to work and giving us more of a sense of how things are actually going to be developing in the months ahead. So to hear about some of the most recent announcements and the motivation behind the trial and everything else we know to date, Jim got to sit down with Michael Tubbs, the mayor of Stockton, California, and Lori Ospina, the director of the Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration. Thank you both for joining on the Basic Income Podcast. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. So let's start with the motivation for SEED. Mayor Tubbs, what first gave you the idea to pursue a basic income pilot in Stockton? Well, I think a lot of it comes from two things. Number one, um, about a quarter of our population lives in poverty. And I would argue another 25 to 30 percent are just one paycheck away. Um, I believe that poverty and economic insecurity is at the core of a lot of the other issues we face um, in the city, from housing affordability to homelessness to crime, et cetera, educational attainment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also just from lived experience, coming from a single parent household um, with a mom who worked incredibly hard and still struggled, has always given me a passion uh, for using the tools of government to create the conditions where the bottom is at the fall underneath people um, while being part of our community. So with those motivations in mind, I had a group of policy research, research the most radical intervention I could think of to, for poverty last year, and they came back with a basic income. Um, I had been familiar with the term from reading Dr. King and what he called for and where do you go from here, chaos or community. Um, so then the next week, we were able to meet the Economic Security Project, and who said they were looking for a city to pilot basic income, and that's where kind of seed was born. So for most basic income pilot programs around the world, the sole purpose of the pilot is quantitative research, running a controlled experiment with randomized groups, where some people receive a basic income, others don't, and then looking for differences between those groups after some amount of time. But you're aiming to do more than just a quantitative research in Stockton. You not only have researchers involved in the pilot, but also artists and cultural creatives. What's the motivation behind taking that approach? And, and Lori, feel free to jump in, but briefly I'll say that we understand that data alone doesn't move people. And for an idea and a concept like this to, for, to really have to take hold, um, folks need stories, folks need images, and folks need art to really kind of help raise consciousness and also show that this is not a policy for them, in parentheses, but for all of us, in, in, in parentheses. And I think art has a way of doing that, more so a research study. Yeah, I mean, I would just add to that. I think that was a lot of um, what the vision that our funder, Economic Security Project, had for it. You know, there's been a lot of research studies that have been done, and I think we kind of collectively realize that um, there's no absence of white papers on the topic. There's no absence of um, results and, and data points. Um, but yet still somehow when you go out into the country and you try to talk about this idea, you still get um, what I call the knee-jerk reaction, the doubt, the skepticism that this can't work or that it wouldn't be used um, in, an, in an effective way. And so just really feel that by humanizing the experience of individuals, um, it allows people to see it with, uh, with new eyes or folks that maybe hadn't engaged in the conversation or hadn't looked at some of the evidence to date, we can pull them in through another channel. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it is, it aligns with what we've heard from a lot of other basic income advocates 
around the idea of, of what's actually, they're, they're seeing move people out there. So exciting to hear that we'll have more in that space uh, through this pilot. Now, you hosted an event recently where you announced some key details of the plan for the Stockton pilot. Can you share what was in that announcement? Sure. What we announced about, I guess it was about a month ago now, um, was the plan for how we would select recipients. Since the very first day that the mayor announced the project, we have received a flood of emails, phone calls, visits um, from residents who want to find out how they can sign up, how they can be considered, how they can receive what um, has become known throughout the city as the $500. Um, and so we were really excited to kind of um, publicly speak, um, update people on what the plans were now that we had them in place. We had intentionally um, held off really designing the selection process until we had our research and evaluation partners on because we wanted to make sure that whatever way we chose, um, we could measure it um, in a meaningful way once we, once we selected the recipient. So um, having our research team on, on board, um, we landed on a process, which essentially is that in order to select recipients, um, we will do kind of a two-step process. So the first step is we'll filter out all of the neighborhoods in the city of Stockton um, where the area median income is at or below $46,000, which is the area median income for the city of Stockton. Um, and then basically taking those neighborhoods that meet that um, income requirement, we will randomly choose addresses and we'll randomly send mailers out to um, potential recipients across those neighborhoods. We'll start with about a thousand, knowing that some people may not respond, some people may toss away the letter, some people might just not be compelled to participate. And then from the people who we actually get a response from, uh, we'll randomly select about 100 recipients. Anyone who is um, not selected to be a recipient uh, will then be invited to participate in the research component. So while I know it's not as good of a deal as getting $500 a month, we'll still invite them to fill out surveys, participate in qualitative interviews, and when they do that, they'll be compensated for their time. Um, and so, yeah, that was pretty much the gist. Um, the goal was really to help clarify and, and get the word out that people didn't need to sign up or, or didn't need to, you know, do a process at this point. Um, we had mixed reviews on how well the message was received, though. Um, a lot of people um, are really in need of help. And so even though we made the announcement, we did hear from a lot of people still asking the question, how do I sign up? So it's been an interesting learning process and a good opportunity to talk with residents about the process and, and teach them and, and educate them on why we chose the approach we did. Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about how the community has responded to this. What, what do, I mean, th this is something different that is happening anywhere else in the U.S. And I, I imagine people in Stockton have thoughts on that. Uh, what 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 generally seems to be people's take that this is happening there? I think a lot of people are excited uh, for something to be so cutting edge and the amount of attention it's received. I think the questions we get are, to Lori's point earlier, how do we qualify? Um, I think the people who are most critical are folks who think they won't be able to get the money, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. Yeah, I would agree with um, the mayor generally. You know, someone asked me point blank the other day because I was talking about all the messages I receive, and they asked me point blank, like, are most of them good or most of them bad? What do you see? And I really kind of took stock. Um, and when I did so, I really feel and, and kind of look through the messages and whatnot, I really feel that the overwhelming response is positive. Um, a lot of people who want to be considered, a lot of people who hope they will have a chance, 
Um, but even those who we ultimately say, you know, it's going to be random. I can't tell you if your address is going to be selected or not. Um, we do hear um, that makes a lot of sense. That seems really fair. I still hope I'm randomly selected, but I get it, and, and that feels like a good approach. And even if I'm not randomly selected, I hope it reaches someone who will really benefit or really needs it. Um, so there's a lot of really good will around it, I would say. Well, that's great to hear. Now, one thing that people often talk about with basic income is its simplicity and, and that being a positive thing, often with the premise that if you're just giving people cash, it'll be very easy to manage the program. We've heard from other folks who are working on cash transfer pilots that it often ends up actually being considerably more complicated than you might expect to get all the execution right on that. Lori, can you share some of your experiences on getting everything planned and up and running with Seed? Yeah, I mean, I, I know the mayor is eager to see the project rolled out, so I'm always, um, you know, trying to do it as quickly as possible. But what I always say is that um, it's really easy to hand out money. I could have done that on my very first day in the job. Um, I think the thing that makes it complicated is doing it in a thoughtful, meaningful way that can ultimately be measured and, and tell us something insightful. So um, a lot of our delays or not even delays, but just a lot of what's taken time is um, making sure that we can measure it. So making sure that our research and evaluation team is on board and in place and that they have the time necessary to develop the tools for analysis and for surveys and interviews and whatnot. Um, the actual disbursement itself, you know, there's some complexities to it, but I think once we get started, it does actually become fairly simple. The one major stumbling block that I think is probably what some of the other folks have returned to or mentioned is around um, benefits interactions, so public benefits. Um, you know, um, the, the guaranteed income is intended to be a charitable gift um, for the purposes of learning and, and charitable purposes, um, but when it bumps up against the public benefits system, the interaction becomes a little bit more complicated. Um, the way it's currently structured, even if we want to give the gift as a charitable, um, even if we want to give the guaranteed income as a charitable gift, um, the public services, um, the public benefits um, administrators won't view it that way because it is recurring and because it's predictable. Um, they believe that the responsibility is on the recipients to report it as um, anticipated income in which case it might lead to reductions in the public benefits that they're um, currently receiving. And so that's been really challenging. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know how much I want to get into the weeds here, Jim, but um, in our purposes, given the fact that um, we are a smaller sample size, um, I think we have a little bit more liberty to kind of work around that. What we've ultimately landed on is that um, we realize that that limitation exists and we are not really going to be able to control for it at this time. So rather than trying to do so, we will make sure that um, potential recipients before they commit to receiving the benefit will be given all of the information they need in the advance to make a fully informed decision. And if at the end of the day, $500 a month is not in their family or in their household's best interest, they will be given a chance to pass, pass it up. Um, and if it is, then, you know, they'll be given the chance to accept it. So it sounds like there's some potentially challenging decisions and, and processes to be figured out in advance. But once you 
have those in place, you, you expect things to be much simpler. Yeah, I think there's just so many ways. You know, I say this all the time. Every decision, there's so many ways you can go with it. Cash touches every aspect of every person's life. So trying to streamline it is almost impossible. Um, every decision we had to make, whether it was around the disbursement mechanism or the evaluation questions um, or the interaction with public benefits, they, they took time and it was important to be thoughtful about them for sure, because each one kind of opens up a, a different net of possibilities. But we're closing in on a lot of them and, and eager to kind of put it on autopilot. Now, since the program was announced almost a year ago, it's been very apparent that there's a huge amount of interest in seed out there. Mayor Tubbs, I know you've done a bunch of media appearances, and I'm assuming have had conversations with many different individuals and organizations who are interested in the pilot. Has the reactions from people surprised you in any ways? Are there things that have stood out about these conversations? I've been surprised with just how many people are really struggling in this economy. Um, people who you think have fairly good jobs or fairly stable income, who still talk about not being able to afford health insurance or rent or the kids' college, et cetera. That's been incredibly eye-opening. And then number two, how receptive, at least in the conversation, policymakers, elected officials, and folks of that sort are. Um, in June, I spoke at the lunch plenary area on the U.S. Conference of Mayors to 400 mayors across the nation, just about basic income. And many came up after, really excited, for trying to figure out how could their city be a part. Um, folks like folks who are running for offices or planning to run for offices themselves or their staff, they'll contact us, myself and Lori, to get more information. So I didn't realize so many people would be so interested in what we're doing in Stockholm. So taking a step back and imagining where things will be in, I guess, a bit over a year when the pilot wraps up, what would success look like for you with this pilot? I think for me, success is just having the pilot, right? The idea is to, to demonstrate, to show, to do, um, while being agnostic as to what exactly is shown. Um, but since we've been knee-deep in the research and the community engagement, I think success overall just looks like being able to answer the question with a study around what happens when people get $500 a month, no strings attached. Number one, what, is it, what do people do with the money? And number three, does it make their lives better? And just having some sort of answers to those questions would be success to me. All right. Well, those were all the questions that we had. Anything else that either of you would like to add? For folks who want more information, they can go to StocktonDemonstration.org or at Stockton Demo on Twitter and Instagram. That was Jim Pugh, Michael Tubbs, and Lori Ospina on the Basic Income Podcast. The main thing I took from that is just how much excitement and momentum there is around this trial and how it's not just people in and around Stockton, but politicians and leaders who are looking to this to be something where they can point to, to, to talk about basic income and bring it into the conversation. Yeah, the fact that Mayor Tubbs mentioned how much interest there was from, from other mayors, but also people who are considering or are already running for office, I'm wondering if in the months ahead we're going to start to see a lot more a lot more things popping up with basic income, e either pilots or this being a major part of people's policy platforms in, in the year ahead. Yeah, and it provides a reference point where now you don't have to say basic income, this idea that outside of Alaska we don't have a, you know, a lot of current data on in the U.S. Now we can say that thing going on in Stockton, let's do that in the, less, the rest of the country. Definitely. Having more, it, it'll be more normalized effectively. It'll, it'll just be something that is happening out there. 
and seeing how that will affect people's perception, how that might potentially break down some of these barriers to adoption that we've, we've encountered to date. I also thought it was, and, and this is something that we've talked about before, but just the challenges of getting set up with a pilot here, it's something where you have to make sure you get your ducks in a row. And it's so important because, I mean, this is, you're talking about something that could transform people's lives for the better, but if you do it wrong, I mean, that could backfire in many, many ways. And so I think I've heard at times people express skepticism maybe at the fact that some of these things were taking so long. But I, I really think this is, this is an area where you, you need to make sure you're getting things right. Yeah, especially because it is so new. And I think maybe we even uh, gloss over that, that factor that basic income is a new policy and just people aren't quite sure how to react to it at first. So to normalize it a bit, but also to make it so that it actually works, I think is, is crucial. And yeah, I'm very eager to also see and hear the stories that, that come out of Stockton since I, we've talked about this before, but the culture change aspect of this is, is so fundamental and getting to, to really get these personal experiences of, of what difference basic income is making in someone's life, I think that could be a game changer. Yeah, and there's going to be a ton of media on this one way or another, and just to have actual interview subjects who can talk about their life before and after, yeah, that's really going to stick with people. That'll do it for this episode of the Basic Income Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davidson. Uh, please subscribe and rate us and review us on the podcast service of your choice. And tell your friends we are always looking to bring more people into the movement. Talk to you next week. Music